Hey, you're listening to the audio version of Well Read with Justin Chapman. If you'd like to watch the video version, please go to youtube.com backslash C backslash Justin Chapman 15 or just search for Well Read with Justin Chapman in the YouTube search bar. Learn more at justindouglaschapman.com. Enjoy the show. Mad Mike's first successful rocket launch on January 30th, 2014, took place in Winkleman, Arizona. He didn't even believe in Flat Earth at that point. It was just to do something, because it was supposed to lead to a TV show with ABC. But after the launch, ABC decided not to air the footage, which Mike said really screwed him. The rocket, called the X-2 Sky Limo, a play on Evil Knievel's X-2 Sky Cycle, was powered by superheating about 70 gallons of saturated water in a stainless steel tank, which turns to steam and escapes through a nozzle to produce thrust. Mad Mike traveled a total of 1,374 feet, about a quarter of a mile, and longer than Knievel's failed Snake River Canyon jump that Mad Mike originally set out to recreate. One of the parachutes was 20 years old, the other was 23. He bought them used on eBay for $179. He hit the ground at 50 miles an hour after being in the air for a little over a minute. It took him three days to recover, and he had to use a walker for two weeks. In the documentary, Stake says, when Mad Mike hit the ground, I never looked, but he said his balls were black for a month. It may seem like Mad Mike feared nothing, but he was the first to tell you that's not true. Launch day is an intense day, he told me. I'm not fearless. Things do scare me. Six months after the January 2014 launch, on June 20th, Mad Mike and his team went back to the same location for another attempt that was scheduled for June 28th. The rocket accidentally and prematurely launched without him in it, severely injuring the leg of one of his team members, which had to be amputated. We had one launch uh, without me. Uh That was in June 28th of 2014 and almost killed three people. Oh, wow. One guy was operated on 11 times. Wow. And blew me down. Because it blew my face off. The problem is with, with superheated water, and this is the scary part, that power is already made, it's behind you. I've got a 450 degree bomb at 350 PSI behind me, and all it wants is one pinhole, and that's all it's going to take. That's all it takes, because in June 28th of 2014, I'm within an hour and a half of jumping in the rocket and Winkleman, Arizona to do a pay-per-view. We have satellite TV there in the whole bit, and something happens with the rocket, it launches itself. It, it launches itself, it picked up a guy at 20 foot, dropped him on the ground, compound fractured to both ankles, it blew me to the ground. And I thought it blew the right side of my face off when I was watching it leave the ramp. It went 3,100 feet, still dragging the heating system, it wasn't even enough pressure yet. It broke eight bolts and two chains. This is no joke. It is no joke. On one of them that he launched, uh, I wasn't there. Uh, uh, and the reason is a lot of times I'd go, oh, that's just stupid. Don't do that. That's horrible. Oh, well, it'll be okay. You know, it just has that mindset, okay? 
So uh, um, he had some guys working with him, Gerald. Not, not, not that that was important. The guy climbed up on the rocket while the rocket was uh, uh, just about ready to go. And he slipped on the rail. This was back when he, Mike was doing distance jumps. Okay, He was trying to, try oh, yeah. to, try to beat uh, Evil Knievel's distance jump. Evil Knievel only had 500 feet in this rocket. Current distance record is, is Mike. So anyway, so uh, uh, Gerald was on top of the rocket. She slipped. And as he fell against the rocket, he grabbed one of the tail fins and he fell like this. And what happened is they broke the seal on the rocket. The rocket instantly launched. When it launched, it cut both his feet off. Gerald's feet. The thrust took Mike and hit him in the face and knocked him down. And the steam The rocket took off. It went up, uh, uh, oh, they say a half a mile or so because it had no weight, no, no guys weight in it. Nothing. Turned around and came down like a bomb. That whole ride was 14 feet long. I'll show it to you. And basically, it's just a cylinder. Like that. And did you get injured on both times that you went? Uh, out? Yeah, yeah. I was killed the first time. That was when you broke your back. Uh, no, that's when I had internal injuries. I didn't want to go to the hospital then. Uh, I had hit really hard. The, the parachute was uh, disintegrating on the way down. Mad Mike built a new rocket called the Liberty One for $20,000 and scheduled a new launch for Saturday, November 25th, 2017. He ultimately built six or seven rockets. This time it was in a new location in California's Mojave Desert. And this time the rocket with the fresh coat of rust oleum paint and the words research flat earth splayed across it was set to launch off a mobile home he bought on Craigslist for $1,500 and modified into a rim. But the Bureau of Land Management wouldn't let him launch or even land on federal land. And he also ran into more mechanical issues. So the launch was delayed to early February. On February 3rd, 2018, Mad Mike attempted another launch in front of spectators, but the rocket failed to ignite. Stakes had to go back and pull Mike out of the rocket while it was armed and ready to blow. In the documentary, Mad Mike said, that was my worst fucking nightmare. His second successful launch took place shortly after 3 p.m. on March 24th, 2018. This time, the rocket blasted off on private property in Amboy, California, a ghost town on Route 66. Albert Okira, the founder of the Juan Pollo restaurant chain, which has 28 stores across Southern California and one of the sponsors of Mad Mike's launches, purchased Amboy wholesale in 2005 for $425,000. After BLM gave Mad Mike Guff, Okira gave him permission to launch in his town, a former gold and silver mining region founded in 1859 and unfounded in 1984 when the completion of, of Interstate 40 stole the town's tourism. Like Waldo Stakes, Albert Okira, who also owns the original McDonald's restaurant location in San Bernardino, is yet another example of the strange and fascinating cast of characters that surrounded the strange and fascinating Mad Mike. That launch propelled the rocket, this time with Mad Mike strapped in it as planned, 1,875 feet into the air. Liberty One's trajectory was straighter than the first attempt, but its descent clocked in at 350 miles per hour when he deployed one parachute, which was slightly delayed, and then another. He crash landed again about 1,500 feet from the launch ramp, this time breaking his back. The nose of the rocket was designed to break and absorb an impact 
of 45 to 50 miles per hour, which it did, probably saving his life. He broke his back three times, twice during limousine jumps and once during the second successful rocket launch. Technically, it was a compressed vertebrae. To me, he alluded to a head injury from his first rocket launch crash landing that he declined to elaborate on. Well, I broke my back three times, but this oh is the last time. Did you, it just in the rocket alone? Uh, no, twice in limousine jumps and now in the rocket launch. Huh. I saw that video and that you were like, I broke my back. And I know, like, How yeah. did you know? Because well, I broke so many bones. I know what it feels like. <laughs> I, didn't know how, see, I didn't know how many. I knew I had a compression fracture. I never had a compression fracture before. So but see, I felt my back bend. That's what I was worried about. I felt it oh. bend. I've never felt my Oof. back bend before. Yeah. I felt an arm bend once it didn't break at a crash. Oh, my. I felt it bend. How's it, how's it doing now? My back hurts every day. Describing what it physically feels like to be launched at that speed, Mad Mike said your mind cannot keep up with, with what's happening to your body, that you think you're still leaving the ramp when really you're already in the clouds. What does it feel like to be launched at that speed? Just, you can't keep up with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Your body cannot keep up with what's happening to it. Uh -huh. I mean, as soon as you touch that button, it launches, you think you're already two, three hundred feet up in the air. Mm -hmm. And it's just pinning you back. But taking that risk is what separates daredevils from most people. For him, in terms of his goal of being famous, the risk for glory was worth it. But I taught myself, taught everything. Right. Am I a genius? No. 137 IQ. It's not even a high IQ. That starts at 141. Mm -hmm. Actually, 140. And and did you uh, self-taught on how to build a rocket and yep. all of that? Yeah, uh, the research, uh -huh. and I'll sacrifice. Most people not sacrifice their free time. Mm -hmm. They won't sacrifice how to learn about the court system yeah. and everything else. Well, I will. Well, and you risk your life doing it, too. Yes, yeah, most people will not roll the dice. Mm -hmm. If you get now, nervous you go, about the most yeah, recent Yeah, yeah, scary, yeah. Do, what, what precautions do you take, like, that you've learned from your last times to, like, ensure um, your safety? Just, uh, where it flies straighter, where it um, uh, makes systems a little safer, you know, um, we're going to launch a 350 pressure this time, which makes it more thrust, but uh, I think it'll make it, it'll give me a lot more altitude. And we're, I think I have better shoots this time. Mad Mike's third rocket launch attempt was originally scheduled to take place in April 2019 in Slab City, California. That got pushed to May 18th, the Saturday before his Flat Earth conference in Vegas. Then conference planning got in the way, so he pushed the launch to August 11th. He and his team set up the rocket in Amboy four miles east of Roy's Motel and Cafe, a beige wasteland of heat, boil, terra, nightmare scape, according to his PR guy, Darren Shuster, accompanied by reporters, spectators, and the Science Channel crew. It looked as if everything was a go, but it was not to be that day because the water heater they bought off Craigslist for $325 failed. Space.com reported that he was treated for heat exhaustion. It was in the triple digits that day. Then they got delayed again the next weekend, and then again the next weekend. So uh, basically, for the people that know, I actually tried to launch in August. Um, we tried three straight weekends in uh, Amboy, which is where I launched back in 2019. I was actually in the rocket, I think it was the first weekend of August, it's 115 degrees, and it's my idea to do this, okay? We've been heating for six hours, and the heat was rising, in the rocket, through the propulsion set, it heat soaked the whole aluminum cockpit. So when I got in, I, I told Waldo, it's hot in here. It's not hot. Okay. I thought, I'm going to touch it. I'm going to John Wayne. I'm going to tough it down. Okay. Yeah, right. 
So I get in the thing, and then I start burning my back on the seat. Well, the seat is, uh, should be hot, okay? And then my shoulder starts heating, and then I start feeling the seat belt, or shoulder horns burning me. I said, and the candidate's not even on me yet. I said, I'm, I'll be dead in five minutes. And it's going to take another 10 minutes to get launched. Because when you're, when you're in this thing, you know, I never worked on a real NASA rocket, but this, this thing of mine, you get down in it, and your legs are, are up, okay? So now you're pulling yourself up and pushing down so you can even get in the seat. And then you got to buckle everything up. So it's, it takes a lot just to get yourself in position. So, uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, and then after that, the next two weeks, we start having O-ring problems. Yeah. O-ring, yeah. And I've eliminated all the O-rings. Now I took, the system was inside the propulsion system, and now I moved it outside. Now I've got the launch system behind the rocket now with the actuator, and the plunger goes in the backside instead of through the rocket. Yeah. So I designed my own launch system on the back of the stand to launch this new rocket. Yeah. It wasn't until February 22nd, 2020, that Mad Mike finally launched himself for the third and final time. This time, the launch date and location was not widely publicized like previous launches had been. I only learned about it because I saw him speak again at the Adventurers Club of Los Angeles on January 30th, 2020. All he said was that he would be launching on February 22nd near Slash X off Highway 247 near Barstow. Launch vehicle for the next uh, rock launch, which is February 22nd. Put that on your calendar right now. Coming up, what date? So, on the morning of February 22nd, my wife and I drove out to Slash X, a biker bar and cafe that sits in the middle of the desert. Mike texted me that they were having generator problems and that it was 50-50 whether the launch would happen. We couldn't find the launch site, so we ordered lunch at Slash X, and I asked the waitress if she knew where the launch site was. Luckily, she had seen Mike's team move the rocket into place a couple days before. She gave us loose directions, and we found the site. There were about 50 excited spectators, including a few kids. The Science Channel television crew was there to capture it all on film for the upcoming show, Homemade Astronauts. Waldo said that the show will still air this August, and that he's going to film another episode with them soon. At the Adventurers Club in January 2020, Mad Mike said he almost didn't sign the contract for the show because one of the production companies attached to the project World of Wonder, Wow Productions, has the RuPaul show. This is like when we signed a deal for the TV deal with Wow Productions in Hollywood. I didn't want to sign with that company, but because they had the RuPaul show. I have a big problem with that. I told them that, the RuPaul show, okay? I don't like that kind of crap. Mad Mike was a complicated man who was nice enough, but also harbored some outdated views on race and gender. At the launch site, we found Mike right away and spoke briefly to him. He was clearly nervous and pacing around. I asked if he was going to do any interviews beforehand, and he said, let me know, man, I'm all covered up. It was a windy day with puffy clouds slowly flowing across the sky over an empty desert. The rocket was freshly painted with, of course, the words Research Flat Earth and the logo of a new sponsor, HUD, New Zealand's casual, swipe-free, commitment-free dating app, along with its tagline, dating isn't rocket science. Despite the conspiracy theories and the headline-grabbing story of a flat earther launching himself into the sky in homemade rockets, Mad Mike surprisingly struggled to secure cons consistent, 
sufficient sponsorship. He's had a few sponsors back away because of his support of Flat Earth. Before the launch, his team huddled and prayed. Waldo Stakes came over to the spectators and told us, They've come back to kill you, okay? That is a, first thing right now, it's a bomb, but as soon as we launch, it's gonna be a missile. You can come back, the wind can catch it, it can flip, come back and destroy your car. Do not run for your cars, just watch for the rocket and stay the hell away from it. Run away from it and you see it come down. Don't have time, okay? Once the parachutes come out and it hits the ground, okay? Nobody approached the rocket until, especially if, if uh, if the, uh, the safety people do this, okay, if they do that, I want anybody near the rockets. Maybe there's stuff you shouldn't see, okay? But if he's okay, they're going to give me the fists up, okay? I asked him how high Mike was planning to go. He paused, turned to me, and said, real high. He didn't know how right he was. Mike got suited up and gingerly climbed into the cockpit. Waldo sealed up the cockpit and he and his team ran away from the rocket. I started filming on my phone. Within seconds, the rocket launched. It looked like it wobbled upon takeoff and for a split second, it looked like it could shoot in any direction, including at us spectators just 30 yards away. Instead, the rocket shot straight up into the sky. parachute immediately became loose and got caught in the rocket's thrust before detaching and landing in some bushes several yards away. The rocket carved a large arc into the windy, partly cloudy sky, then curved away from the spectators and nosedived directly into the desert floor, about half a mile away from the launch pad, as people in the crowd wailed. The experience was so surreal, it was almost cartoonish. Mike himself had labeled himself the human wily E. Coyote. My wife and I had spent time with Mike. We interviewed him in his home. I spent a year writing and thinking about this guy. And now we watched him die right in front of us. It was kind of horrific. Everyone watching was stunned. The Science Channel crew was overdue for a dinner break and didn't know what to do. Members of Mike's team rushed out to the crash site and returned empty-handed minutes later. Waldo showed the crowd where the rocket hit the steel ladder and said he tried to tell Mad Mike not to use the ladder, but he had insisted. Originally, Waldo thought that upon takeoff, the rocket hit a steel ladder that Mike had insisted against his team wishes be attached to the launch ramp to make it easier for him to get into the cockpit. A parachute can was ripped off the rocket and the parachute prematurely deployed. Later, Waldo said that a pneumatic cylinder had damaged the nozzle, causing the rocket to jolt to the right. We'll hear from him later about exactly what he thinks went wrong. Either way, Waldo suspected Mike was knocked unconscious or had a heart attack upon takeoff because he couldn't be reached via radio and he didn't deploy three other parachutes that were on the rocket. There it is right there. No, see that? Is there a mark? Is there a mark? Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. That box. Waldo? See it? Yeah. Yeah, that was the... Is he okay? No. 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 Stop You're going to have to bury him. Uh, That's the way Daredevil's no, got. It's over. He's done. Yeah, he was an atheist. 
You know that? Mm -hmm. He was an atheist. He was always arguing with me you, that uh, that there's no God. Yeah. He knows now. Sure, <laughs> Guarantee it. He has his answers now. Absolutely. He knows now. That's what happens to Daredevil sometimes. When I didn't want him to do this fight, like I told you. But he keep doing it, doing it. He was going to do the rocket boat. He's going to do all this shit. Like, dude, let's just do the space shot. And I didn't expect this. But then who does? What we believe happened was we put up the stair setup, okay, to make it easy to get in the rocket. We didn't like it because sometimes a rocket can come up and go bouncing and bounce up the rail, okay? You got about, well, you got that much bounce. Okay? You can bounce that much, okay? And so what happened is we were arguing with them and we are cutting pieces away. I don't know if you saw us earlier. We were cutting pieces away and cutting pieces away, trying to give them something to not hit, but... Still um, hit. Right here, it's scuffed, see? Took the paint right off. Yeah. Took the paint right off. So what happened is that chute piece that we told them would hit, hit. When it hit, through broke the other chute off. The other chute flew away. Whatever, which one that was? Okay, the one with the one with the, the cans in them. And that I believe knocked them out. He was oh, knocked unconscious because he had plenty of time. He had three like other chutes. Wow. We can't find the piece that it hit. And there's pieces everywhere, and yeah, we can't yeah. get close to it. Is there are three other parachutes. We never tried to throw any of them. So They're still out. in the rocket. The rocket yeah, is uh, but now that's it's all totally the way across, destroyed. Guys. It's all the way across. And uh, the, the, the chute cans are not deployed. Right? Here too, so we never tried yeah, to throw the chutes. That's a wear mark. And that's what no, happened. No, that's Probably got knocked out. I really don't know. I'm, I'm like in kind of like a it's neutral shot, kind of yeah. thing right now. I'm, you know, I, I really, but that's what it looks like to me. But that's how daredevils died. We cut that stair off. He's like, what the hell are you doing? You're ruining my... I could do it. You're going to hit it. Look, and all the guys are saying, look, we got the laser, right? You can see it hitting. It's going to... No, no, no. That's what killed him. That's what killed him. That's why that chute tore off. Yeah. The chute wasn't thrown out. It just tore off. Like it out at that angle guy. And then as it arced over, right? He's probably got 1,500, 1,800 feet. We're going, throw the chute, throw the chute. He had three other parachutes. He never made an attempt. They're still there in the debris. I don't know why. He hasn't been knocked out. I don't know why. I don't have an answer. We'll probably we'll never know. But he, he, he... So you had three redundant shoots. Three other shoots on top of the one he already lost. He had, he had two can shoots, a 900-pound shoot, and a 1,250-pound shoot. He had plenty of shoots. Plenty. I mean, he wasn't going fast enough to fly out, was he? I don't think that was the speed. I don't think when he hit that when he hit that railing there, that impact, you know, it's like, this thing is going 100 miles an hour in a second. About the time you hit that thing, we were doing 100 miles an hour. So imagine you're in a car, and you, know, you go ahead on 100 mile an hour. He was probably was not, plus the, the dashboard is here. So it'll bend you right over. I would guess that he was knocked out, and that he couldn't come to, you know what I mean, in time. Because he went, oh, you know, you saw it. And it arced over, came down, it was coming down really slow. But I knew at those speeds, it, it looked slow but it's going very, very fast. You know, I'm not gonna say how, how, how hard he hit the ground, but that rocket isn't this big, okay? All smashed up, okay? So you don't wanna go over there, you don't wanna see any of that stuff. Let's just remember him as he was. You know, he was a, he was a daredevil. Everything you see there, the amazing structure. It took him about a year and a half to build. He built it all by himself. Yep. 
guy was amazing, amazing. But he was a NASCAR fabricator. He wasn't like some some crazy guys. I hope you leave with good memories of Mike. You know, he's a good guy. He really oh, yeah. was. Heck of a character. It wasn't a bad guy, man. He was a great guy. He just uh, you know, had, had uh, no vices other than he wouldn't listen to him. I texted Mike's PR guy of 17 years, Darren Shuster, who was in New York for an unrelated matter, and told him that Mike didn't make it. Darren responded that Mike was one of a kind. When God made Mike, he broke the mold. He was a true American stuntman who lived to push the edge. He wouldn't have gone out any other way. Then I posted the video of the launch to Twitter, and it went viral with 5 million views in three days, garnering significant national and international media attention. I was quoted or mentioned in hundreds of articles across the country and my video played on all the nightly network news shows. I whittled my 30,000 word opus down into two articles, one for the Huffington Post, which is out now, and one for Alta Journal, which is coming out in July. I'm really proud of those two articles, and I hope you'll go read them. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned for new episodes of Well Read every week or two. You can find this show on YouTube and PasadenaMedia.org. I'm Justin Chapman signing off. Learn more about my work at JustinDouglasChapman.com. And remember, a life well read is a life well spent. So go read a book. Till next time.